This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman for a suite of professional-grade products from Protocol for Life Balance, which can help manage stress and promote a positive mood. Makuna Purians, 5-HTP, and L-Tryptophan. They support proper brain and nervous system function, relaxation, and restful sleep. Their ingredients are of the highest quality and backed by solid scientific data. They're available now at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. That's drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance for more information and to order. Welcome to Layla Ways In. I am your host, Layla Mutin. I am your registered dietitian nutritionist here on Intelligent Medicine. It's such fun doing these podcasts, bringing you this information. And I do enjoy getting your emails with questions, topics of interest. You can email me. It's radio program at AOL.com. That's radio program at AOL.com. If you need a nutritionist and you'd like to make an appointment with me, you can call the office, 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. Grimaldi will set you up. So I want to talk to you about your thyroid and the health of your thyroid. And... There's a a beautiful article by Dr. Carolyn Dean. Dr. Carolyn Dean is both a medical doctor and a naturopathic doctor. And she's written a wonderful book years ago, which still adorns my bookshelf, called The Magnesium Miracle. And it's a wonderful, wonderful book. I would urge anyone to get it and read it and have it. And here we're talking about She's talking about the thyroid and what we need for the proper function of our thyroid. She says your thyroid needs nine minerals. It was believed that iodine was the master mineral for the thyroid. But within the last several years, it's become apparent through research and anecdotal evidence that there are multiple minerals involved with thyroid hormone production. The thyroid needs, craves, desires, can't do without at least nine minerals to support the proper structure and function of the thyroid. So do not leave home without these nine minerals if you want your thyroid to be happy. Okay, so what is the first one? It is indeed iodine. The hormone T3 has three iodine molecules. The hormone T4 has four. T3 and T4 are the thyroid's hormones that it produces. So T3 has three iodine molecules, T4 has four. So it's safe to say that the thyroid can't function without iodine. T4, also called thyroxine, is 68% iodine by weight. And T3 is 58%. So 
and by the way, speaking of iodine, it's the first of the nine. There are things that block the absorption of iodine. They're called goitrogens. A goitrogen is 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 any food or substance that would get in that would inhibit the thyroid from getting its uptake of iodine to produce these important hormones. The top goitrogen is soy. So if you're drinking soy milk, if you're eating tofu, even tempeh, although tempeh is a little less goitrogenic via fermentation, maybe. Um, soy is a big goitrogen. So if you have hypothyroidism, soy is not your friend. It's blocking the uptake of iodine by your thyroid, which it needs desperately. It needs iodine, right? Where are we getting iodine besides iodized salt? Seafood, onions, dairy products to some extent. So, and the, another big goitrogen after soy is millet. Millet, you say, yes, it's a gluten-free grain, yes, but I thought that was healthy. Yeah, but it's also a goitrogen. Just because something is healthy doesn't mean there isn't, you know, some other component of it that may not bode well for something else, right? Like in somebody with a thyroid condition. Does that mean you should never eat millet? No. Does it mean you should never eat soy? No. It means you should not eat them frequently or daily. And there are certain brassica family vegetables, the vegetables of the brassica family, I'll name them. These are some very healthy vegetables, like the cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, kale, cabbage, kohlrabi, Brussels sprouts. These, if you eat them frequently and raw, I'm talking daily, I'm talking your daily raw kale smoothie, it can inhibit the uptake of iodine by your thyroid. So they do have the potential, these very, very healthy vegetables, these very important vegetables in our health and in preventing cancer, these very, very, very healthy vegetables can inhibit the uptake of iodine by your thyroid if you're overdoing them, if you're eating them in their raw state on a very frequent or daily basis. Should you never eat them? Of course not. You should eat them. They're good for you. Eat them cooked. Don't throw raw broccoli in your salad every day. Don't eat cabbage every day. Cook it. But you want a variety of foods in your diet. That's why Mother Nature likes variety in the diet. It decreases your exposure to various toxins and inhibitors. If you're going to eat a lot of chicken and rice, commercial chicken and rice, you're going to get arsenic. If you eat a, a different variety of foods and not always chicken and rice, you will get less arsenic. You, you get that, right? So you understand what I'm saying. You always want variety in the diet. It's also to reduce your exposure to toxins. I learned this in undergrad nutrition. Undergrad nutrition. It's nature's argument for variety in the diet. You keep eating the same thing over and over and over again if it's not completely clean. But yeah, your organic brassica vegetables, your organic cabbage and your organic broccoli and your organic kale, they're clean. But if you're going to eat them every day and eat them raw, they may inhibit iodine uptake by your thyroid. I wanted to put that in there. So moving on.
Number eight, selenium. These are the necessary minerals for thyroid. Selenium. You know selenium is good for, for immunity and all of that, right? A necessary cofactor in the production of T4, it also converts T4 to the more active form, T3. And that's what happens. T4 is converted to T3 in, in a well-functioning thyroid. A total of 11 selenium, 11 selenium-dependent enzymes have been identified as necessary for thyroid function and thyroid hormone production. If you take iodine, especially in the high amounts of iodine that some doctors are recommending, without selenium, you can cause selenium deficiency and all the selenium de deficiency side effects that are not well known. If you take selenium without iodine, you can, you can cause iodine deficiency. Think about that. When we eat food, we're getting a matrix of micronutrients, all of these vitamins, all of these minerals. But when you're taking an independent supplement, for instance, let's say zinc. If you're taking a lot of zinc every day, it could deplete your copper. That's why in a good multivitamin mineral supplement, you have zinc and you have copper. Generally, the zinc will be anywhere between 12 and 20 milligrams, and the copper may be between 1 and 3 to 5 milligrams. They need to be balanced. So, moving on. So, selenium. You need to be taking selenium with iodine. How much iodine should you take? It's a good idea to get tested first, because there is a such thing as too much iodine. That can work against your thyroid too. It's a delicate it's a delicate dance. We're looking for we're looking for Goldilocks here, right? What's the next mineral? Zinc. Required for the synthesis of thyroid hormones. Zinc deficiency, plain and simple, can result in hypothyroidism. Conversely, thyroid hormones are essential for the absorption of zinc. And here's a scary fact. The hair loss attributed to hypothyroidism may not improve with thyroid hormone replacement unless zinc is added. So look at that. Molybdenum. Molybdenum. Molybdenum... molybdenum dependent enzymes function in the oxidative system of thyrocytes. These are thyroid epithelial cells. They also play an important role in T3. Triodothyronine, that's T3. They also play an important role in T3 release from the thyroid gland. And here's another interesting fact. Uh, it helps to break down yeast toxins, molybdenum does, helps to break down yeast toxins, and yeast gets a leg up when your temperature is low due to hypothyroidism. Classic symptom of hypothyroidism is feeling cold. You know, everybody else is in shorts and a t-shirt, you're wearing a sweater. 
you know, in summer. So if you have hypothyroidism and you're cold, that lower temperature of your body is giving yeast a leg up. What's the next mineral? Boron. Boron helps the conversion of the storage form of thyroid hormone T4 to T3, which is the active form. So the storage form of thyroid hormone is T4, and it converts to T3 if you've got the proper minerals, and boron is one of those essential minerals. The next one is copper. Copper plays an important role in the metabolism of the amino acid tyrosine, which is the precursor to T4, which is thyroxine. Tyrosine is an amino acid which is a precursor to T4. So think about the delicate dance here. We just told you about zinc. Because when you don't have enough zinc, it can cause hypothyroidism. But if you're taking all this zinc and you're not getting enough copper, it's not you're not you're not aiding in the metabolism of tyrosine, which T4 needs, right? Which is a precursor to T4. It's a very, very, very delicate dance. You can't just put all of your attention on one particular mineral and say, I need this and that's it and the others can. No. But listen, if you're eating a very, very good, healthy diet, remember, we get all of our vitamins and minerals from food first. But I also like taking vitamins and minerals because our produce is growing in depleted soil. Now, there is now the advent of regenerative farming, regenerative farming, and hydroponics and all kinds of other things which can help maintain the nutrient status of our produce, which is great, or even enhance it, which is wonderful. But we know for the past 100, 150 years, our soil has been depleted of the necessary nutrients. You know, the produce that you grew on a farm 200 years ago had way more nutrition than a commercial farming outfit today. So think about that. That's why I'm a big fan of at least, at least getting a good multivitamin mineral supplement, then I'll add a fish oil, a vitamin D, etc., etc. The rest requires a consult. Anyway, so copper was the last one. What is the next one? Uh, chromium. You've heard about chromium for stabilizing blood sugar, right? Chromium is a very important mineral. It enhances insulin activity, playing a major role in the regulation of insulin release and its effect on carbohydrate, protein, and lipid metabolism. Conversion of T4 to T3 is influenced by insulin. So in a roundabout way, chromium helps. In an indirect way, chromium helps with this conversion. Very important. The next mineral is manganese. Manganese is required to transport the hormone thyroxine, T3, into our cells. We need manganese for that. We do get that in small amounts from our food. And, of course, the mineral that Dr. Carolyn Dean is known for, the ninth one, 
However, not, not, at the, not at the ends of the totem pole. It's magnesium. Calcium and magnesium must be balanced in the body to ensure proper thyroid function. If there's too much calcium, thyroid hormones can become diminished. You know, that's interesting. That's an interesting point. If there's too much calcium, thyroid hormones can become diminished. I wonder, here's a hypothesis. Here's something I'm, I'm, that this brings to mind. With everybody taking all this calcium for their bones for to prevent osteoporosis and all of that, you see this primarily among women and older women, right? They're taking all this calcium. And I'm wondering why we're seeing much more of an incidence of hypothyroidism among this demographic of women. Is it because of all the calcium they take? I wonder. I wonder because according to Dr. Dean, calcium and magnesium must be balanced in the body to ensure proper thyroid function. If there is too much calcium, she says, thyroid hormones can become diminished. Magnesium is the regulator of calcium absorption and utilization. Now, that is interesting. I mean, Dr. Hoffman and I no longer recommend taking 1,200, 1,500 milligrams of calcium every day, even if you do have osteoporosis. And we know that a lot of mainstream practitioners are advising that high amount of calcium. Well, there's a danger to taking that much calcium. Could be kidney stones. Because when you're taking any amount of calcium, and by the way, the amount we recommend to anyone anymore is never more than 700, typically 500 milligrams a day. Even for osteoporosis, not more than five to 700 milligrams because there are more important micronutrients to take. There's magnesium, there's vitamin D, there's vitamin K. Vitamin K is critical to make sure that the calcium goes back to our bones where it belongs. If you don't take sufficient vitamin K with your calcium and you don't take sufficient vitamin D and you don't take sufficient magnesium, that calcium can wind up in your soft tissue like your breasts, showing up as suspicious calcifications. Who wants that kind of anxiety? It can also wind up in our coronary arteries as calcifications. So you can't just take all this calcium, calcium, calcium. And I really wish mainstream practitioners would stop, would stop recommending 1,200 to 15 milligrams of calcium every day for these women with osteoporosis, postmenopausal, all of that, and send them on their way without any other nutritional guidance. This is incorrect. And we like to test. We like to test for vitamin D levels. We like to make sure you're getting enough vitamin K and magnesium. The, recommenda the recommendation for vitamin K was, was 180 micrograms a day of vitamin K2 found in the supplement MK7. That's vitamin K2, 180 micrograms a day. But we're finding out a better dose might be 300 micrograms. So we need to look at all of this. And you know, it's a balance of all of these nutrients 
for a proper functioning thyroid and a proper functioning human. In all of your biological systems, it is critical to have the proper nutrition. Think about it. You don't want deficiencies. How many people have we seen with vitamin D levels in the teens? A vitamin D level of 17 or 12. I call that an emergency. And mainstream doctors, for somebody like that, are only prescribing 2,000 IU a day. It needs to be higher. With 2,000 IU, you're barely going to get above 20 or even 25 with 2,000 IU. A serum, a blood test, vitamin D level needs to be over 40, minimum over 40. So this is important information about thyroid, these nine critical minerals and how they balance one another. All wonderful, wonderful information from Dr. Carolyn Dean, who wrote The Magnesium Miracle. It's an older book, but hey, all the information in there, nothing has gone out of vogue. It's all still scientific and true. And, and you know, we need more magnesium. There's a population we're not getting enough, and especially in times of stress. And who hasn't felt at least a little stress in the year 2020? We all need a little more magnesium. I want to thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Ways In here on Intelligent Medicine. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.